Welcome to Paris Good Food and Wine. I'm Paige Donner, the host and producer. This food and wine show is being brought to you directly from Paris, France. Here, we give you a taste of this delicious world with all its colorful and diverse personalities that make up the Paris culinary landscape. So, sit back and relax and enjoy Paris good food and wine. This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine, April 2019, is dedicated to my father, Eugene Martin Donner. He passed away on April 11th. It was his love and passion for life and his appreciation for fine wines and good food that started me on this path, discovering exceptional terroirs of the world. Thank you, Dad. Your wisdom and guidance enriched my life immeasurably in countless ways since the day I was born and will continue to do so even though you have now departed this world and evolved into the next. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun, but the wine and the song like the seasons have all gone. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. The French have an expression. It's c'est la vie. C'est la vie sums up so much about life. Perhaps only I love you are three words more potent and full of meaning. C'est la vie is both acceptance and resignation. It's that recognition of changing the things we can and accepting the things we cannot change. This past month of April in Paris has been most certainly a c'est la vie point in time. As the world stood and watched Notre Dame Cathedral burn, in people's shocked and stricken faces there was a sense of powerlessness in the destruction of this great monolith of love. Whether one is Catholic or not Catholic, Christian or perhaps not even practicing any kind of religion, the Cathedral Notre Dame de Paris is so symbolic of French culture, of Paris, of the uniting of the world's peoples in prayer and love, that watching it consumed in flames was a devastating and heartbreaking moment. As I stood on Pont de la Tournelle at 8 p.m. on Monday, April 15th, watching my beloved neighborhood church burn in bright red and orange flames, I couldn't contain my sorrow. But my overwhelming sorrow was not just for the church. My father had passed away only days before, and watching the spire of Notre Dame burn felt like watching my father's funeral pyre. His wishes were to be cremated. He didn't even want a funeral first. He just wanted, at 87 years old, a clean, no-fuss exit. But there I was, along with the rest of the world, watching a great structure of humanity being consumed by flames and reduced to ashes.
The great church came within about 30 minutes of being completely destroyed, but in the end, France's firefighters were able to save it. It has been just over a week now since the fire. It's been roughly about the same amount of time since my father's soul and spirit have been set free from his human body. For if anything, that is the message I'm getting from my meditations this week. It's that God's love and the human spirit are eternal. And whether they're housed in a church or in a human body or liberated from these outward structures, they live on. They exist in eternity. They live now in an invisible realm. But in God's love, they exist eternally. The Cathedral Notre-Dame de Paris survived on this earth for 850 years without destruction or significant damage. That historical fact changed on April 15, 2019. My father, Eugene Martin Donner, survived on this earth for 87 years without significant damage or destruction. That historical fact changed on April 11th, or 12th if you consider Paris time, 2019. A very strange and even somewhat spooky coincidence is that the architect of the spire that burned along with Notre Dame's roof was named Eugène Violet-le-Duc. Of course, it's just a coincidence that my father and he both shared the same first name, but it feels significant in a sort of God's winking kind of way, nonetheless. Both the spire of Notre Dame and my father, who had a terrific sense of wit, comedy, and irony, his favorite writer was Mark Twain, and who resembled to a great degree Jean-Paul Belmondo, and who had a heart and soul full of love for humanity in all its forms, colors, and expressions, will be sorely and sadly missed. I thank him for so many things, including his unwavering love for me, but also for instilling in me such a great appreciation for good food and wine. It's thanks to him that I was set forth on this fascinating discovery of God and earth's fruits and elixirs. As Benjamin Franklin once said, wine is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. My father always seconded that. Cheers to you, Pops. May God's love keep you eternally forevermore. April show of Paris Good Food and Wine is one focused on wines. First, we speak to Samuel Montgermain of Domaine and Clos Saint-Patrice in the Côte d'Aronne. With his wines, we're firmly in Chateauneuf-du-Pape territory. In fact, we're right in the village of Chateauneuf-du-Pape. He has a lot to say about his unique wines. Interestingly, he's a musician as well as a wine master blender. If you haven't heard the term master blender coupled with wine before, don't worry. He'll explain all that to you during the interview. Following that segment, we then go to Burgundy. In fact, you're being whisked off to the Couvry des Ursulines, which is an ancient convent that was once inhabited by Ursuline nuns. The family Boisset, of Jean-Charles Boisset fame, has just renovated and built an impressive and absolutely stunning Couvry, or Chez, a wine estate, around this historical property in Nuit-Saint-Georges. Nuit-Saint-Georges is, of course, one of the most prestige areas just outside of Bonn in Burgundy wine country. 
Along with opening up this couvre in 2018, they've also now instigated daily wine estate tours. It's open to the public. You just have to call and reserve in advance. The tour includes a visit to the tank room, also outside into the ancient convent's gardens, dating all the way back to 1717, and then concludes with a barrel tasting and then tasting of a total of six of their wines in the historical Ursuline cellars down below. It's one of the most comprehensive, friendly, and educational wine tours you'll get in all of France, and certainly in Burgundy. That's open to the public. It lasts about an hour and a half and costs only 32 euros. Though if you want to organize a special group and throw in a lunch after the 10 a.m. tour start time, just communicate that to the Boisset team and they're happy to make your wishes come true in a bespoke way. So, c'est la vie. Life goes on. The Cathedral of Notre Dame will be rebuilt. And Dad, I'll see you in heaven one day when I get there. Season 5 of Paris Good Food and Wine is generously being brought to you by IOT Shipping. IOT, the Internet of Things. IOT Shipping tracks your value assets using the Internet of Things technology that gives you data points based on temperature, movement, and geolocation. For more information, contact us at IOT Shipping. Dot X Y Z. That's IOT Shipping. Dot X Y Z. Now you can find Paris Good Food and Wine on iHeartRadio as well as on Spotify, and also, as always, on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find us at ParisFoodandWine.net. Today is April 16th, and I have to mark this on the calendar because everyone here in Paris has been up all night watching the Cathedral Notre Dame burn. So it's quite a, a day in history. I am having lunch with uh, Samuel Montgermain, who is from one of the most esteemed domains, chateaux in uh, Vignoble, wineries, wine estates in Chateauneuf-du-Pape. And um, this has been set up, you know, weeks in advance. Um, so even a big tragedy like this that, the, that has befallen the city um, since last night, it can't derail this. Life goes on. So we're going to talk today about Chateau Neuf du Pop, which actually seems kind of apropos to what, what's just uh, transpired here with the Cathedral Notre Dame. But you have a very storied history, Samuel Montgermain, people seem to find their way to the world of wine in so many different ways. First of all, before we get into how you found your path into the, into the wine world, I want to first actually start off by asking you about this concept of being a winemaker versus being a wine blender. So tell me what it is, what it is when you speak of yourself as a wine blender. Um, I think that um, a winemaker is a very important job, but it's more a technical job. You need to learn um, all everything around the, the fermentation, everything around vinification. 
and uh, it's a very interesting jump. I, do, I did it. But uh, I understood that after the vinification, so after the job of winemaker, you need to have a lot of feeling for blending the wine. And it's uh, more like a cooker. You need to organize in your cellar which, which tanks and which tanks of Grenache or tanks of Syrah, how many you need, how many you, 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 you need to uh, organize the, the blending for aging the wine. You need to choose uh, which grapes you need to aging in barrel. You need to choose each grape in tank, in concrete tank. So this is the beginning of the blending of the wine um, master blender job. And I prefer to do it because it's more uh, like a filling job, more like my patient because uh, uh, it's the same thing when I uh, play guitar or everything around my life. You know, that's very interesting. You are a musician as well. And uh, I know you, you play the guitar, you write music. And it seems like maybe your path towards the world of wine has been very, uh, it's been led by your heart, perhaps. Perhaps maybe more than, than your, your, your mind, your head, which is a very interesting approach. Uh, so, much, so much feeling and passion there. Another interesting point about the being a master blender is that what other industries in, wine, in spirits and wine do we see that in? We don't see that always in wine, winemakers. Is, can you use the example of maybe scotch or... In cognac also you have master blender. And uh, in champagne, for example, we need to have a, uh, you need to be a very good uh, blender. And uh, I think that uh, we don't uh, spoke uh, very often in the wine business, but uh, it's uh, in reality a very big job. I suppose Chateauneuf-du-Pape would be one of the places to, to do it. Okay, now my next question, let's start talking about uh, some of the domains. So I know one of the most famous ones is, is Clos Saint-Patrice, and, and then Domaine Saint-Patrice. And you're going to explain to me, because I did research this, and I know that you've um, teamed up with a father and son uh, who... Bought the who owned the club before? Can you explain to me a little bit about this pe this pedigree and what is the difference? Is there a difference between Clos Saint Patrice and Domaine Saint Patrice? Uh, it's very simple because um, Clos Saint Patrice is a very single Rhone vineyard under the Domaine Saint Patrice. It's a single Rhone vineyard, like a small plot, 1.8 hectares, and All the wine of Clos Saint-Patrice became from this special plot. And Domaine Saint-Patrice come from four and five areas of Chateauneuf-du-Pape, but more than 20 hectares. So this is the same classification that you can find in Burgundy. You can have the Domaine des Lombrais, for example, and under the Domaine des Lombrais, le Clos des Lombrais. This is the same organization. And I decided to do it because when I tested the first time the Clos Saint-Patrice, because I explained to you that I'm a master blender, or I think uh, I love this job, I understood that this wine needs anything. So we can bottling this wine directly come from this special plot. 
it's just a magic uh, situation uh, I find in Chateauneuf du Pape. Because usually Chateauneuf du Pape is a blending uh, wine, but I th thought that we can find some special plot like a Grand Cru in Burgundy that we can just bottling directly come from a special single own vineyards. That's fascinating. Does that have, does your, did your philosophy evolve alongside, I mean, aren't the owners, um, the famille Picard from the big family from Burgundy, aren't, aren't, aren't they the owners of the domain Saint-Patrice? Yes, it's a joint venture with the famille Picard and famille Julien. And uh, when we met the family, family Julian, we decided to organize the Clos Saint-Patrice with us because they don't know that they are a special wine. But uh, when I taste it in the cellar of this uh, um, estate, I find this wine so fantastic. So I decided to organize a new uh, distribution for this wine. And I can, when I start this history, it was just famous because I understood that in reality, this wine was uh, a very most uh, famous, uh, famous cru in Chateauneuf-du-Pape during the 18th and uh, 17th century. But he, all the history was uh, lost at the end of the Second World War. And we forget the Clos Saint-Patrice during 50 years. And we rebuilt not really uh, rebuilt it's a revival of Saint Patrice in reality because the, uh, in very old uh, book you can read for example in the Annuaire du Vaucluse in 1810 you can read on the first page of Chateauneuf-du-Pape Clos Saint Patrice Grand Cru that's a wonderfully rich historical anecdote, and I, I did find that when I was researching. So the annuaire, I suppose we could, we could call that sort of like the encyclopedia of 1810 from Vaucluse, which is your region, which is the region surrounding Chateauneuf-du-Pape. Yeah, you're, the Clos Saint-Patrice is listed as the number one, the number one plot, Clos, in Chateauneuf-du-Pape, which is quite, that's extraordinary when you consider, when you consider all the world-renowned wines that come from your region, that's, that's really quite, that's really quite remarkable. Okay, let's dig a little deeper into you personally now, Samuel, if you don't mind. You came, so you studied law, but you also very early on worked for Michel Chapoutier. So those are definitely two divergent things. Um, although now that you know, now that you've been explaining to me and illustrating to me more your unique approach to things, it kind of makes sense that you had an early, you had that early history with Michel Chapoutier, who's so famous for doing things his own way and doing them very, very well. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you find, found your way to wine from initially studying law? Uh, in this period, uh, Michel Chapoutier looking for a lawyer for study uh, everything around the, the vineyards and all the, the, the problematic, you know, yes, from the sourcing wine. Uh, so I met Michel Chapoutier and uh, he gave me um, a mission, mission, yes, for study all the law uh, around this. But uh, in reality, I want to go in the cellar. And I'm not sure that at this time, Michel Chapoutier understood that I'm a, a wine lover. 
So the very good, good situation of uh, the very good time I spent in Michel Chaponnier uh, is that I can taste all the famous wine from Hermitage. So it was a just crazy time. And after I decided to go in Chateauneuf-du-Pape and now Michel Chaponnier is my president of Anteron and I know very well him. And uh, we, he, it's a friend of me now. So it's uh, very interesting to start with this uh, uh, exciting guy. Well, that's a really that's a really rich history. I guess uh, I mean I guess it's not um, if you're going to lead with your heart, you're not going to necessarily stay in, in law. But you're not you're not you're not the first person who has studied law and then found a different way to uh, to apply it. Now you can find Paris Good Food and Wine on iHeartRadio as well as on Spotify, and also as always on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. I'm Paige Donner. You're listening to Paris, good food and wine. So let's just wind up this interview by maybe talking a little bit about your latest, uh, your latest vintage. Can you tell us a little bit about 2018? This vintage uh, is very interesting. It was very difficult because uh, we, um, uh, during this, this vintage, we have a big problem with uh, mildew. Yes, it was a big, big problem, but... So we lost a lot of, lot of grapes and uh, it was a very small, small production. But for the quality, it was not a problem. So when we can vinificate the grapes that uh, we, uh, we have in the harvest, these vintages was very interesting um, because we are very good and well balanced and uh, we need to wait uh, at the beginning of October for the harvest and the finesse of the wine is fantastic. And uh, I love this wine because the, we are very good, good balance between fruity wine, but also minerality and also complexity wine. I'm sure that uh, 18 will be one of the best grist vintage in north of Rhone and a very, very famous vintage in south of Rhone. And north of Rhone, the Sierra was just very, very fantastic. And the Grenache in South of Rhone is a very elegant wine. What percentage of your production do you do Blanc Chateauneuf du Pape? Blanc Chateauneuf du Pape, it's uh, 10% of the appellation, around 10%. But uh, more and more, the volume increased because uh, at the beginning it was just um, local wine, but more and more the wine. The white wine became interesting for the consumer. So I can, I can uh, look that we plant more and more white grapes in South of Rhone. And I think it's a very interesting way for the new uh, philosophy and new perception of uh, South of Rhone Valley. Well, those are all things to look forward to. The 2018 vintage, more Chateauneuf de Pape Blanc. So wonderful. Samuel, I want to thank you so very much for taking the time to do this uh, interview today here in the, in the beautiful Marais of Paris. And I look forward to learning more about your wines. Thank you for all. And thank you for coming, tasting my wine. And uh, see you uh, for tasting uh, Clos Saint-Patrice. IoT Shipping. IoT Shipping uses the Internet of Things technology to track and trace your value assets throughout the transport process. Data is monitored by temperature, geolocation, and 
movement so that you always know where your value assets are and in what condition they are in. Contact them for more information and for a quote at iotshipping.xyz. That's iotshipping.xyz. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Paris Good Food and Wine. Be sure to check out our website at parisfoodandwine.net. Another big new development this season is the release from Domaine Clarence Dillon of their new range of Clarendel wines. There's Clarendel Rouge, Blanc, Rosé, and Clarendel Amber Wine. All are inspired by Oprion, the estate's famous and historic 1855 Grand Cru Class A Chateau in Bordeaux. The Rouge comes in several expressions, including Medoc and Saint-Emilion. All are accessible and are perfect for when you have a taste for fine quality, but perhaps don't feel like opening up your first growth wine that very moment. I particularly enjoyed the amber wine, especially so because it isn't always easy to find a sweet wine that expresses that balance between the honey-like sweetness brought on by the natural botrytis and a fresh acidity that keeps it fresh with every sip. The Clarendel Amber Wine achieves this by using both methods. Grapes are allowed to develop botrytis as in the grand tradition of Sauterne, and then others are late harvest, which allow the grapes to sweeten on the vine with their ripe maturity. The wine takes its name, amber, from the beautiful color achieved by this assemblage. The varietals in this fine wine are the traditional Cave, Semillon, and Sauvignon Blanc, with a bit of Muscadel. The wines are available widely now, though I encourage every listener who gets to Paris to pay a visit to the Cave du Chateau located near the Champs-Élysées on Avenue Franklin Roosevelt. It's hands down one of the very finest wine shops, not just in Paris, but the world over. Here you'll find famous and rare wines, as well as hand-picked affordable coups de cours that you can put all your faith in that they, guaranteed, won't disappoint. Check our show notes for the wine shop's address, or just do an online search for Le Cave de Chateau, Paris. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun, but the wine and the song like the seasons have all gone. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Hemingway, of course, the author of A Movable Feast, once said, and I quote, As people bring so much courage to this world, the world has to kill them to break them. So, of course, it kills them. The world breaks everyone, and afterwards many are strong in the broken places. But those it will not break, it kills. It kills the very good, and the very gentle, and the very brave impartially. Next up, we hear from Natalie Boisset, who's the sister of Jean-Charles Boisset and the daughter of the founder of the Boisset family wine estates. Her enthusiasm for sharing this new Couverie des Ursulines with others is genuine and full of warmth. Season 5 of Paris Good Food and Wine is generously being brought to you by IOT Shipping. Contact them at iotshipping.xyz. IOT, the Internet of Things. I'm Paige Donner.
You're listening to Paris, Good Food and Wine. Natalie Boisset, it's, this has been a really lovely visit. I've had the great privilege to be invited as part of a group today to visit your new Couverie des Ursulines uh, here in uh, Nuit Saint-Georges uh, in Burgundy. And one of the things that has struck me today is how um, friendly and accessible your uh, wine estate visit is. You've really put a lot of thought into this. And I feel like whether you know everything about wine or nothing about wine, people will feel comfortable. Can you just walk us through a little bit what you've shown us today from the reception here in your new wine estate uh, opened in 2018 to visiting the cellars, to visiting the roof, looking at the landscape of the beautiful vineyards that surround you. If I book this winery visit with you, what can I expect? Say if I hadn't, if I hadn't done this today, if I was just somebody looking to visit Burgundy. When you arrive here in Nuit Saint-Georges, first of all, we will welcome you with great pleasure, but the nicest thing would be first to book in advance because as we like to have very small groups of people to be very nice with them, very comfortable with them, to be able to welcome them precisely. It's better to book in advance, either by phone or by mail on the website of Maison Jean-Claude Boisset. Very easy to find. And then we welcome the people at 10 o'clock every day in the morning, except on Sunday nowadays. Maybe one day that will change, but today that's every day except Sunday. And you will be here for one hour visit, one hour and a half. It all depends on you, the time you have and how long you want to discover the wine. Um, this is here our winery, which was built, finished to build for the harvest 2018. So it just new as a matter of fact, if I can say new, because we have been here for many years. But the winery itself is quite spectacular. So we will finish by the winery during the tour. But we start with uh, the history of the house. The wine house is a family uh, wine house, winery. It's a family-owned winery um, built in the 60s by my father. So we start with the story of the family. And then we go in the gardens, uh, which are very interesting because that's built on an ancient old convent. <laughs> of Ursuline sisters. I'm not sure my English is good enough if you understand, but um, so as it was a former convent in nice and calm gardens, we explained the people 
where it was built before and how it's built now. And it's interesting to show them the two faces of the architecture. You have one size which is quite uh, modern because you show the, the dome or the, the round part of the of the winery and the old garden. So it's nice to be in between. You have the modern Burgundy and old Burgundy together. So you are in the gardens and you see a special fountain and a special vortex, but you have to be there to be explained as it's all about energies, which is a quite specific topic. Just to explain the people, you should feel well in this place. And then we go back to the main building and then we see really the dome. What I call the dome is like a little new mountains in, in the village of Nuit Saint-Georges, which is in fact the roof, a round roof, uh, over the winery itself. And here you can have a specific vision of the landscape and all the vineyards around. We explain the people, how is uh, the appellation structured in Burgundy, what is a Grand Cru, a Premier Cru, a village. And by clear weather, you can see even sometimes the Mont Blanc from here. But what is more uh, specific for us is really the vineyards of Burgundy. So you, we explain that here. And then we go to the heart of the project, which is the winery itself. So in the winery itself, we will explain how we vinify. That's mean, uh, that means how we make the wines, really. Uh, why you have those wooden vats and how the red wines are made with the grapes, how the whites are pressed and so on and so forth. In the um, specific area of, of the winery, we explain also the vitraille. I don't know the name in English. Yeah, it's the stained glass window, the beautiful stained glass window in your, in your vinification tank room where you have big, beautiful wooden oak barrels and it's that big stained glass window that's in the form of like a, a grape leaf that connects your um, terre et ciel so earth and sky which is another one of your kind of your mottos here right the connecting between earth and sky yes so yes between uh, earth and sky which is really the the thing we want to explain here meaning that the man is between earth and sky is the wine the same also and uh, all the energies of the of the earth should be transformed in the wine if i can say it. it's a little complicated to explain but just to say that the wine is alive or living it's um, it's a different product it's really a product where we put all our soul and it's interesting to see here how we make it from different places in burgundy and so then we go in the in the cellar to see the wine being transformed or refined in cask in wooden cask so we have three cellars of red wines and then another one of white wines. And finally, we get to the tasting room that we call in French Cœur de Verre. I think I heard you explain that. Cœur de Verre is like the heart of the glass or the... Or the the heart of the of the winery, maybe. Uh, um, but it's a beautiful tasting room. It's just off of your where your cask or barrels, your oak barrels are are aging your beautiful white wines, and you're sitting amongst all your oak barrels, 
And in this um, beautiful modern little room, glass enclosed inside your cellar. And then you get to do these tastings of some of your fabulous wines. Now, what are some of the wines that you get, let you allow people to taste? So we let the people taste now uh, six wines. And the first one is from the barrel, which is very interesting because it's rare in Burgundy to taste a new wine. It's still a baby wine. It's not a ready wine because it's still being in barrel for one year and a half in general. So you taste it first. And then in in the glass room, if I can say so, in the middle of of the casks, you taste five other wines like uh, Marsan like Nuit Saint-Georges, Pomar, or all other climates, what we call climates are little plots of land here in Burgundy. So you, you taste five wines in bottle and then you go through different vintages and all the Côte d'Or and Burgundy, I can say. So you really have a, a specific feeling of what we produce in this, uh, in this winery as a matter of uh, wine from Burgundy. You know, I have to say, um, Natalie, after having, again, you know, had the honor of going to a number of, of winery visits throughout, throughout the years, uh, I have to say that this one affords to basically anybody who would book it with you, a level of expertise. It's like anybody who did this winery visit with you would feel like you had really brought them into the heart and soul of your winery. Like they're not just, oh, let's book this tourist because they want to taste some wines. Yeah, okay, they want to taste some wines, but I feel like you're, you've really thought everything out, everything, you're, you're basically sharing... if. It's kind of like your home because it's your winery. But, I mean, you're really sharing on a very deep level what goes into the culture of making these world-renowned wines. I mean, Nuit Saint-Georges, Pomard, Meursault. I mean, these are the best wines in the world, you know. I mean, definitely, you know, the best France and Burgundy. So I really have to say that for so long, I think a winery visit like this has only been the privilege of really top wine writers. Like, you have to work for Wine Spectator to be able to have this kind of entree, as we say. So I feel like that's really what you're offering people with your, your winery and your, in your beautiful new uh, renovated, newly renovated estate. And I think you said you're only charging like 35 euros or something for this. I can't remember, but give us a little bit of details, like how somebody could book this. Can they be groups of two? Can they be groups of up to 20? What's, what's the range there? Well, in, we we charge uh, 32 euros, <laughs> which is uh, um, something important in Burgundy because uh, it's not so uh, often that you have a, a visit, as you say, very complete, going from the beginning of the wine to the end in the bottle. And it's our passion we put really in this visit because it's also our name. And uh, so we wanted to have something very sophisticated and uh, which was able to guide the people in their the knowledge of themselves also as not only the wines but ha- what they like to taste what uh, do they prefer whites or reds and it's very kind of you to say uh, they are the best in the world I don't know I love also the wines of Napa or Sonoma or whatever wherever but uh, uh, I think all the regions are very nice wines but what we try to do is really to um, guide the people to um, a 
authentic experience, authentic visit of a site, of a place that really was dedicated to wine. And the architecture is here for the wine. All the details were built to guide the wine and to elaborate um, very, very good wines that we make. So um, I hope the people will like it very much. We do it as um, something which is so deep for us, which is uh, the quality of wine. So we, we welcome you with... Uh, <laughs> Great joy if you like it. That's nice. Great. And I'll put all the um, information about how to contact you on, in the show notes. But if you just want to mention for, for people who are only just listening and haven't looked at show notes yet, where can they find your, I know you have a website. Where can they find your website to book these uh, tours? Yes, they can uh, go to the website jcb, um, Jean-Claude Boisset, in fact, dot com. And there they will have a reservation uh, area where they can book online or also telephone number which is uh, you will you will give it maybe <laughs> and uh, that's very easy to call or to book on the website it's very easy well thank you so much for this really gracious absolutely gracious and very generous invitation and experience to understand a little bit more deeply your culture here in Burgundy, uh, especially from the angle of wine. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you very much, Paige. Thank you so much. This episode of Paris Good Food and Wine has been brought to you by Paris Food and Wine. You can find us at parisfoodandwine.net. Now you can find Paris Good Food and Wine on iHeartRadio as well as on Spotify, and also, as always, on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher. Season 5 of Paris Good Food and Wine is generously being brought to you by IOT Shipping. IOT, the Internet of Things. IOT Shipping tracks your value assets using the Internet of Things technology that gives you data points based on temperature, movement, and geolocation. For more information, contact us at iotshipping.xyz. That's iotshipping.xyz. Goodbye to you, my trusted friend. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Paris, Good Food and Wine. A big thank you to all who helped make this show possible. And especially a grand merci beaucoup from me, your host and producer, Paige Donner. You can find this and past episodes of Paris, Good Food and Wine on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Remember to follow us on Instagram at PageFoodWine and on Twitter at ParisFoodWine. Leave us a review, comments, suggestions, and story pitches at parisfoodandwines.com.